Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I think he's in trouble. Do you remember how he said he was looking for the gate? Yeah. What if he found it? What's he saying? I don't know. He's way out of range. Lucas, if you can hear us, slow down. We can't understand you. Yes, I copy. Do you? They know about 11. Yeah, they know about 11. The bad men are coming. All of them. Do you hear me? The bad men are coming. Mad Hen. Does that mean anything to you? Like a code name or something? The bad men are coming! Bad men. Bad men. Stay here. What's that guy doing? You don't think. Well, I know she and Steve have been spending some time together, so I thought maybe... Well, is, is he home? Maybe you could ask Mom. him. I'm sorry. Can you just hold on, please? Michael, I'm on the phone. I've told you a million He's times. He's repairs. What? Is there anyone supposed to come and do repairs on the house? Well, I don't understand. What, is there something wrong no, in the Mom, house? Do I need to call the house? One second. Mark! We need to leave. Right? Now. If anyone asks where I am, I've left the country. What? Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday evening, which means it's time for another episode of Stranger Danger, the official Stranger Things podcast of Fans Not Experts and FansNotExperts.com. I'm your host, Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality, uh, but you know that already because there's no reason you'd be showing up on week seven if you weren't here for the first six weeks, right? Uh, can you believe it? 
we are ready to go through the seventh episode of Stranger Things. Uh, and after that, after that, my friends, there's only one episode left. And we are, I'm going to move the microphone. Ooh, I sound sultrier. After this episode, we got one episode left next week. And then boom, we are ready for season two. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, there's probably going to be a break between episode eight and uh, the beginning of Stranger Things, Stranger Danger season two. I'm thinking take a break, watch the season, then go back and start again. I'm not sure. I haven't really decided on that yet, but that is for another day. Today, we're here to talk about episode seven of Stranger Things, entitled The Bath. I know it's The Bath or The Bath. Um, so let's get right into it. The episode picks up uh, where the episode ended last time was the, uh, the three kids, uh, minus Lucas, uh, were going back into Mike's house. Uh, the power company, quote unquote, were looking on. They knew the kids were, um, they tracked the kids down. And uh, basically they were monitoring the house while these kids showed up back at home. So the kids are at home and Mike is, you know, cleaning Eleven off a little bit, wiping her face. And she sees Eleven, like, looks in the mirror, and she's a little sad. She doesn't have the wig on anymore. Um, and he's like, you don't need it. Mike's like, you don't need it. You're still pretty. And she's like, still pretty? And it was like the first little romantic moment between the two of them where they almost kissed. But that's when Dustin broke in and kind of, uh, you know, just in the nick of time before they, they kissed. And he was like, we're in trouble here. And it was that was the opening of the episode. Um, the opening audio there that I played where Lucas was reaching out to them on the walkie-talkie. They couldn't figure out what he was saying, but he's letting them know, you know, uh, they know where Eleven is. They know who we are. The bad men are coming. So they finally realized the bad men are coming. And they're like, we got to get the hell out of here. So they, he basically checks with his mom, you know, as have you scheduled any, any um, you know, repairs? Why is there a power guy? Why is there a van outside? Uh, Dustin noticed. But then Dustin sees all the other vans coming. They're like, we need to get out of here now. So they get on their bikes. And right as they head out, there was just a cool moment where Brenner sees Eleven and Eleven sees Brenner. And you realize, you know, he, she knows he's on to them. And he knows finally where she is. So the kids race off through the yards and the guys are like, you know, we can't chase after them. So they run back to the vans and they're, they're kind of cutting through the streets and the kids are cutting all the places they know where to go. And they realize they end up uh, cutting through a yard and meeting up with Lucas. And just when they meet up with Lucas, that's when all the vans kind of turn on the street and start to corner them. And again, had that E.T. vibe. If you remember in E.T., all the government um, officials were chasing the kids, tracking them down. And, um, you know, depending on what version you had, they had their guns drawn or they had, I think, what, walkie-talkies in, in some of the digital remake. And, um, you know, E.T. helps see Thomas Howell and Henry Thomas and the other kids fly through the air. Well, um, kind of on, on the same uh, page, uh, Eleven helps the van fly through the air because they're, they're, they're racing in and the van's coming right out and she just gives this look and it looks like it's almost as if the van hit something at a high speed 
and flipped over them. And all the kids look up in the air um, in amazement. And it was it's one of the epic moments of the series. You know, uh, was it the last episode where Eleven just kind of walked up out of nowhere and broke the kid's arm? That was an epic moment. And this is another one. Another epic moment of the series is that van flying over the kids' heads. So they race off to the uh, junkyard where they, actually that's where they previously fought. And Lucas is like, you know, I'm sorry. He apologizes to Eleven. You're not a monster. Um, you're not a weirdo. And he realizes the error of his ways. Him and Mike give that like cool shake, handshake moment. Boom. It's almost like, you know, uh, when Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger shook hands in Predator. You son of a bitch. I don't know if, I don't know why he, Arnold Schwarzenegger is all of a sudden Italian. Um, but they shake hands and boom, that's when the credits start. I mean, that all this action happened uh, before the credits of the episode even started. After the credits, we're over at the police station where Hopper and Joyce um, show up because if you remember in the last episode, after they went and visited Terry Ives' house, they got a call that there's been a fight and Jonathan Byers had been arrested. So, you know, they go in there and Joyce is like, you take those cuffs off my son right now. And even Hopper's like, take the damn cuffs off. And they're like, uh, Chief, you need to see something first. So they open up the trunk and they see all the weapons that they had, uh, that Nancy and Jonathan had in the car. What is this? Why don't you ask your son we found in his car? What? Why are you going through my car? Is that really the question you should be asking right now? I want to see you in my office. You won't believe me. Why don't you give me a try? I love Hopper more and more. The, the more I see him, the, the performance by, I think, the actor's David Harbour, and he's going to be Hellboy. Um, I love the way this guy does this with just a this loud confidence. Later, he's yelling in the police station, and it just he exudes this authoritarian kind of, you know, he, he knows he's in charge, and he wants everyone else to know it, and everyone else knows it too. And that's the way he talks. But I also like this, where he's kind of like, you know, he knows there's some walkiness, some craziness going on. Um, he's seen the gate. He believes Joyce. He's seen the dead body. So, you know, the fact that these two kids are out and Jonathan's like, you're not going to believe me. He's like, you know, why don't you give me a try? It shows to me that, you know, he has an idea of what they're doing. And I like in this episode that things are starting to come together. People are starting starting to come together um, for a singular purpose. There's all these different stories going on with all these different characters, but they're all revolving around Will, and those different stories are starting to blend together. Back over at the uh, Wheeler house, um, you know, Mike left in a hurry and made, made his mom a little nervous. Um, so I'm guessing that's why she went downstairs looking for him in the basement and didn't find him, but she did run across, uh, Eleven's, uh, fort and she found some blonde hairs from the wig and she didn't, I don't know if she could tell it's a wig or not, but she is, she knows something's going on, something weird's happening. And that's when there's a ring at the doorbell 
And dear old Daddy Wheeler uh, answers the door, and it's Brenner, that woman who killed Benny, and the, basically his full crew of cronies. So they end up going through just about the entire house looking for any kind of clues. I don't know why the Wheelers let them in the house, but they did. Maybe they had a quote-unquote warrant. And that woman starts questioning them about this young girl um, who is missing and is probably with their son. We just need to know if you've seen her in the past week. No. no. Absolutely not. Our son with a girl? <laughs> I mean, believe me, if he had a girl sleeping in this house, we'd know about it. Wouldn't we? So we got the classic, you know, clueless dad, uh, concerned mom, and, uh, you know, creepy Brenner sits down with them and just goes full creep as far as I'm concerned. I understand how upsetting this is. I wish we could tell you more. But I can tell you that your son, Michael, is in real danger. We want to help him. We will help him. I give you my word. But in order for me to do that, you have to trust me. Will you trust me? Do you have any idea where your son might have gone? I mean, who knew that Matthew Modine could be uh, such a creep? Um, it was awesome. He His performance is awesome. Um, and, you know, we just want to help. Right, right. Uh, but we cut back over to the kids. They're in that junkyard still. And Lucas kind of drew up this crude little uh, map. Of, uh, forgive me for not painting it to scale, um, Doc Brown. But he realizes that, you know, there's a fence here uh, and the compass keeps pointing inside the fence and inside is where uh, the gate has to be. This is Randolph Road, right here. The fence starts here and goes all the way around. And this is the lab right here. The gate's got to be in there somewhere. It's got to be. Well, who owns Hawkins' lab? Science says Department of Energy. Department of Energy? What do you think that means? It means government. Military. And why does it say energy? Just trust me, all right? It's military. My dad's told me before. Mike's right. The soldier's out front. Do they make, like, light bulbs or something? No, weapons. To fight the Russians and commies and stuff. Weapons. Oh, Jesus, this is bad. Really bad. The place is like a fortress. Well, what do we do? I don't know, but we can't go home. We're fugitives now. Guys, do you hear that? The Department of Energy uh, uh, spares no expense searching for these children and their weapon. They have helicopters out now tracking the kids down. And these super smart, awesome kids, I mean, realize right away, you know, we need to not be seen. So they stash their bikes under this old bus and they get inside the bus and they hide in the bus. Meanwhile, back over at the police station, uh, Hopper and Joyce are asking Jonathan and Nancy kind of about the monster. Uh, they're looking at the photo and Joyce is really ends up getting mad at Jonathan for um, tracking and doing this on his own. He's not alone. 
He shouldn't feel like he's alone. And I don't know, there was some moment in this, um, like, where Jonathan was with his mom and Nancy was kind of just on her own, where I thought, I wonder if there was a draft of the story where Nancy was Hopper's daughter. And, you know, it's kind of like Nancy and Jonathan and their parents working together, where Nancy doesn't necessarily have to be Mike's sister. Because if you think about it, Nancy doesn't have to be Mike's sister at all. I mean, they could, she could just be another part of the story where she's drawn in because of Barb. Um, and they just have her story off on the other side with Steve. And, you know, they could somehow pull in, you know, Hopper as being the dad. So I just wonder if there was ever a draft where Nancy was Hopper's daughter. It just dawned on me in that moment. It has nothing to do with what's going on. Not important at all. But it is a thought that went in my head. So while uh, Joyce and Jonathan were, um, you know, just kind of talking and, and um, airing some things out, Hopper overhears some yelling and comes out of his office. Stay here. Ma'am, I need you to calm what down. What is your name, deputy? Well, I'm an officer, okay? Name and badge number. Both what of you. What the hell is going on here? Chief. These men are humiliating my son. No, 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 okay, that's yes. not true. There was some kind of fight, Chief. A psychotic child broke his arm. A little girl, Chief, a little one. That tone. Do you hear that tone? Honestly, I'm just trying to state a fact. I don't have it time for girl. this. Will you please take a statement? Yeah. So what did this girl look like? She had no hair, and she was bleeding from her nose. Like a freak. What'd you just say? Said she's a freak. No, her hair. What'd you say about her hair? Her head shaved. She doesn't even look like a girl. And... And what? Tell the man, Troy. She can... do things. What kind of things? Like... make you fly? And piss yourself? What? Was she alone? She always hangs out with those losers. Losers? What losers? Ah, see what I mean? Story starting to come together. First... Nancy and Jonathan's story. We had Hopper and Joyce's story. Now they're together. And now they realize that the little girl is with some quote-unquote losers. So now they're going to track them and get them together. I love when all people come together for one big story. There's still one guy out there, though, that's not with everyone else yet. Steve is with his jerk friends. Um... And, you know, he's all bloodied up because of the fight. Uh, the friends gave him some Tylenol and some Coke. He's nursing his wounds. And they just really start talking crap. And you start to see Steve's redemption story. He basically turns on his bullies, turns on the friends, um, realizes the error of his ways. They fight. They shove each other a little bit. And uh, basically Steve just drives off on his own. I'm thinking, I wrote down Steve's redemption story. I believe at this point... We start to it, like Steve now. The downward spiral of not liking Steve is over. And we're going up, and we're going to start to appreciate him more. 
you know, back over at the Wheeler house, they're, they're taking just about everything. They, they took a bunch of stuff out of the house. Um, and from afar, you see these binoculars and you realize Hopper and Nancy, because they, they basically wanted to go back to the Wheeler house and look for this little girl, but they get really close and they see all these vans, they stop and they realize, Nancy, you can't go home anymore. You know, when they're all freaking out, well, how are we going to find them? How are we going to find them? And Jonathan's like, I have an idea how to find them. So they race back to their house. And it's funny, all the lights are hanging up and all the word, the uh, letters are on the wall. And Jonathan, Hopper, Nancy, they just walk in like it's nothing. And I mean, uh, Joyce walk in like it's nothing because they've been there. They've seen it uh, many times. They're used to it by now. And Nancy just stops and she's like, what is going on here? But they end up uh, calling for Mike and, you know, the, the kids are nervous. They're like, are, are, are we, um, could, could Nancy be compromised? Is she being coerced? Are they trying to track us? Hopper finally gets on the, uh, the, the walkie talkie and they finally say, okay, yeah, we're here. So now Hopper and Joyce and Nancy and Jonathan have at least audibly caught up with Lucas and Eleven and Mike. And Dustin, um, but we we don't go there quite just yet. We cut back to a little more of the redemption of Steve. Um, he goes back to the theater. Uh, he sees this guy cleaning off all the graffiti, and he's like, uh, "Do you need a hand?" And the guy's like, "Are you responsible for this?" And he's like, "I, I just want to help." And you realize that um, we're starting to see uh, good Steve come out. There's good Steve in there. And while that's going on, I wrote a note here. It says, Mike and Nancy's parents, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wheeler, are nervous. The dad is such a lump. I get, they just cut to them at one point, you know, nervous about everything that's happening. Um, but the dad is kind of a lump. I mean, he's just like, what's going on here? You know, this is crazy. There's nothing going on. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if he has any redeeming moment, you know. I don't know if they hit the end of the Goonies moment with the kids. Um, but we'll see you next week. So the kids are in the bus. They're waiting. They're nervous. You know, Dustin's pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And cars start to show up. So you're like, oh, great. A hopper's here. Oh, there's like three cars showing up. And these dudes get out with their guns drawn. You know, and they're walking around with guns. I mean, this is hardcore. And uh, they notice, um, one of the guys notices bikes underneath the bus so he's like okay i'm gonna get on the bus and i'm thinking the kids are already gone it's like one of those trick uh you know television tricks where we see them on the bus they get but by the time the guy gets on the bus they're already gone uh nope he's about to get on the bus and boom you just hear a bonk and then you hear oh, here's other struggles and hopper gets on the bus he's like come on let's go and then <laughs> it was awesome he's like let's go and they kind of look at him and he goes let's go and they all just go that again is just the awesomeness of hopper and the performance of the actor so now they're all back at the buyer's house i'm going to say all the characters really fast we got nancy we got jonathan we got hopper we got joyce we got 11 we got mike we got dustin we got lucas boom everyone's back at the buyer's house um and you know the boys explain everything about the underground they're talking about the uh the acrobat and, and the flea they're talking about um, 11, they're talking about the gate and Hopper's like, you know, I've seen the gate I know it's there um, and they're like, can you find Will? 
And she's like, yes. And, can, and Nancy's like, can you find Barbara? And she's like, who's Barbara? But, you know, Nancy gives her a picture to show who Barbara is. Um, and they sit at the table. They try to do the walkie-talkie. Uh, they use the walkie-talkie to try to, you know, uh, as a transmitter. She tries, uh, but she can't do it. She couldn't do it. Uh, they And they're like, you know, she's, it's like almost like a battery. She's tired. She used the powers to flip over a van um, with her mind. And, um, you know, she just needs to kind of recharge, reset. But while she is in the bathroom, you know, the water's running. She's sad. Um, she's sad because she couldn't come through for them. And uh, she notices uh, the water running. She thinks about it, and I think about it. And then she turns around looks at the bathtub, and she's like, um, you know, I can find them uh, in the bath. In the bath. And you realize she knows that her powers are um, accentuated when she is in the sensory deprivation tank. So how do you make one of those? Well, of course, who do the kids turn to? But the very awesome, very cool, very smooth Mr. Clark, who seems to be on a date of some kind, watching some horror movie. I don't even know which horror movie it is. I should look it up for reference, because that's obviously some awesome 80s movie. It's probably like The Thing or something like that, Um, or Reanimator. I don't know what it was, um, but he was, like, explaining about the special effects, and that's when the phone rang. What in the world? Do you want me to pause it? I'm sure it's just the wrong number. Hello? Mr. Clark, it's Dustin. Dustin? Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I have a a science question. It's 10 o'clock on Saturday. Why don't we pick this up on... Do you know anything about sensory deprivation tanks? Specifically how to build one? Sensory deprivation? What what is this for? Fun. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about it Monday after school, okay? You always say we should never stop being curious. To always open any curiosity door we find. Dustin. Why are you keeping this curiosity door locked? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How much? Uh-huh. Yep. All right. Yeah, we'll be careful. Definitely. All right, Mr. Clark. Yeah, I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on Monday, Mr. Clark. Bye. Do you still have that kiddie pool we bought for apples in? I think so, yeah. Good. Then we just need salt. Lots of it. How much is lots? 1,500 pounds. Well, where are we going to get that much salt? So they all head off to Hawkins High, and it doesn't even sound like a half hour has gone by since I last recorded something, and it didn't just have a salad for dinner. Um, Hopefully there's no salad dressing caught in my throat. They all go to the high school, and um, of course, that's where they can find some salt for salting the roads because of the, uh, you know, the winter. Up here in uh, where it snows, we have to salt the roads. So Jonathan and Hopper are getting all the salt, uh, Dustin and... Uh, Lucas are trying to set up the pool. Uh, Mike and Nancy are getting all these hoses. And uh, Mike is kind of, you can see this little, like, he's looking up to Nancy, impressed that she smashes the lock to break in and steal the hoses. And they have a little nice bonding moment, um, just talking about, you know, no more secrets between them. And Nancy asks, uh, are you and Eleven, like, 
an item. And he's like, no, no, no. What about you and Steve? And, um, you know, that really just, uh, that's where that ended. It was just a nice little moment between brother and sister. Um, but we cut over and inside, uh, Eleven is having a nice moment with Joyce. She's getting set up. Joyce put together this, uh, swim mask with all this duct tape on it. So she'd be completely, you know, uh, without sight. And it was just a nice little moment where Joyce realizes she's working with this little kid here. And, you know, what this girl's doing is very brave. And Eleven likes, you could see she kind of liked finally a grown-up being nice to her. It was nice because she's used to Brenner. And now she's getting Joyce Byers. Much nicer. She puts on the mask. They load up the the, uh, pool with salt. I mean, they, they... they're loading it and they're testing it. And you know, uh, Dustin's a pretty smart kid. He, he's testing it with an egg. He puts the first egg in, it sinks. They add more salt. He puts the second egg in and it floats right on top. So they know they're good. Um, so Eleven, oh, excuse me. Oh, that was quite a salad. So Eleven, you know, takes the plunge. And right when she gets in, the power kind of dims in the room and boom, she's back in the void. And it's, it's cool how... It's different where she's not in the tank this time. She's just floating in the bath. So it's different how, like, she can, we can hear her when she speaks, even though it's not exactly the same way she feels like she's speaking in the void. Like, she could be screaming, but she's only talking in the pool. At the same time, Joyce can confront her and comfort her, and she can hear her. Uh, But right away, she sees Barbara, and she's like, Barbara, gone gone, gone, over and over, and Nancy is freaking out, um, because she realizes her friend's dead, and, or she just assumes that's what she means, and uh, Joyce is like, it's okay, it's okay, and she touches her, and you know, Eleven can hear that in the void, and it calms her down, and she looks over, and she sees Castle Byers, which is Will's Fort, and she goes right in, she just walks in, and goes right inside, and sees Will lying there, and she's like, you know, your mom's looking for you, He's coming for you. And he's like, hurry. And they can hear that in the walkie-talkie. I mean, come on. That's the moment where all of them know that Will's alive. He's someplace else through that gate. They they, they have evidence now, all of them. And um, it was just, it was awesome. So basically Hopper's, boom, he's like, we're going, he wants to go right to the fort. So I'm, I'm thinking they're heading to the fort looking for a gate, and then boom, they're already at the fort. But no, um, he basically wants to go alone, but Joyce demands. She's like, this is my kid. We're going. And, John, you know, the, he basically, she basically, they both leave Jonathan behind to kind of be the grown-up. Jonathan finds Nancy, and I'm thinking Nancy is sitting there sad and dejected because of Barbara. But instead, she's ready to just, uh, you know, finish the hunt. She's like, we need to get back out there and get that monster for what it did. So I thought that was pretty cool. You, I thought we were going to get the little, you know, sad girl, damsel in distress, but we got exactly the opposite. So the episode end, ends kind of on a montage. Um, you know, uh, Hopper and Joyce, they figured it worked last time, so they break into the lab. Uh, only this time they get cornered and they get caught. At the same time, Nancy and Jonathan sneak into the police station to get all their weapons. They get in and they get out. And the last thing we see is Will alone in the Upside Down.
And that's how the episode ends. The monster, the Demogorgon, whatever you want to call it, is outside Castle Byers. Um, and Will is hiding in there for as long as he can, but the thing just seemingly smashes through as the episode ends. And it ends eerily where there's no music during the credits. It just fades away. And the credits are quiet. And it's a creepy way to say, you know, something is not good. It's it's almost like it's ominous that it's not even worth music. And get ready for a big, big finale, which I have to tell you, I don't remember much of how it ends. So I'm looking forward to seeing it again because it's been a while since I've seen this last episode. Again, the first six, boom, I watched all in one day. This episode I watched a couple days later and then days went by until I finally saw the finale. And I watched it on my phone. I think it was at my in-laws. Um, but I can't wait to get back into it. And I can't wait to see it again. But that's next week. Uh, this week, what did we learn? That's what I like to do. It's kind of the, um, we, we, we went through the whole episode and what did we learn? Just off the top of our head, we learned that Brenner is still creepy, um, but he knows that the kids are with Eleven. Brenner doesn't know that Joyce Byers and Chief of Police are there, but he knows that she's in the neighborhood. She's in the area. She can't be that far, so they're obviously going to start looking, keep looking. Um... What else did we learn? Well, we learned that the core kind of crew of people, for the most part, are um, together. I believe there's still one more we're going to see join the fray in the final episode. That would be Mr. Steve. Uh, he had his redemption story this episode. He kind of gave up on the jerk friends, and he went to try to make amends to the theater owner. So... I think the next logical step is for him to make amends with Nancy and Jonathan. And I think we're going to see that. And based on the next season, we see him with a flashlight. So that is pretty cool. Uh, what else did we learn? Well, we learned that Barbara, rest in peace, Barbara. If I had a 40, I'd pour a little out on my kitchen floor for you. And we learned that Will... Uh, has been hiding. That's basically what it comes down to, is you're in the underground, you could still, you know, the underground isn't, well, the underground, the upside down. I don't want to say the underground. You're still in the upside down. It doesn't mean that you're just taken there and, and eaten. It's not the end. It's just the dimension where the monster lives. So if you can get away from the monster, um, you can survive in the upside down. You know, if you... You can't thrive there, I wouldn't think, based on how Will, he seems really weak. Uh, but you can't survive. And that's what Will's been doing. Um, and basically now they all know that he's there. They all know where he is. So it seems like the last episode, uh, Hopper and Joyce are going to have to uh, outmaneuver these people in the, uh, in the uh, lab and break in and get to the gate. Um, but at the same time, um, they have to figure out a way to do that because obviously at the same time, Nancy and Jonathan are still going to go try to kill the monster and really the kids were just left hanging out at the school. So really not sure how that's going to turn out because after the pool, 
Uh, we didn't see the kids anymore. They were just hanging out in the in the in the gym. So we have to know what happens there. Really, uh, we just learned that the kids are can't. Uh, it's, it's, there's no secrets anymore. There's no secrets. The the bad guys know where where Eleven is. All the good guys are together, and they know where Will is, quote unquote. But they just don't quite know how to get to him. So it all just leads to a big finale. Will the bad guys get to the kids? Will the bad guys get to Eleven? And will the good guys get to Will? Will, 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 Will. Oh, exciting. Isn't it awesome? And ladies and gentlemen, today is Friday the 13th, 2017. Uh, I should be watching scary movies now for the rest of the night. But what it also uh, means as far as Stranger Things is that we're two weeks away from season two, from Stranger Things 2 coming out. And they have been doing a killer job with marketing um, to the point where to, was, there was a, yesterday there was a uh, Stranger Things Friday the 13th movie uh, kind of parody where there was a teaser to the big trailer that came out today for Stranger Things 2. And I, w- I almost wanted to say maybe I shouldn't watch it, uh, but I watched it. And it seems to me that based on what I've seen in season one, Will, based on what I've seen in the trailers, Will is almost his own gate. Or he, by himself, can flip back and forth between the upside down and our reality. Uh, and it was awesome. There's a there's another monster out there. I mean, it just, there's still, um, you know, there's still the government there's still a monster. There's a new kid in town. And there's a lot of 80s references. So I am so excited. It's 1984. Uh, I was eight years old. So I was actually younger than these kids. So, yeah. I'm, when I saw It recently, I was about the age of the kids. But for um, this, I'm a little too young. I was only eight years old. So I guess I'd be like... The, the littlest wheeler. I was too, maybe, no, she's not that young. I don't know. But it doesn't matter because 84 uh, is an amazing year. If you uh, were a kid in 1984, I mean, the amount of freaking movies that came out that year, just look up summer of 1984 and see, wow, that movie, that movie, that movie. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we all get to relive it one more time with Stranger Things 2. But that is weeks away. Today, we say goodbye to Barbara, and we say, Will, we're coming for you, and we'll see you next week. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you guys once again for listening. My name is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality or at Fans Not Expert, but really at Geek Mentality. Fans Not Experts is the website, but you know that already because you're there right now checking on everything that I have to offer. And what do we have at Fans on Experts? Well, we have Stranger Danger, which is part of the larger Geek Mentality website, Geek Mentality Podcast. We have WrestleFania, which is a wrestling podcast that me and my cousin do. We have Man Meets World that my cousin does by himself, a Boy Meets World podcast. We have new podcasts coming, some on music, um, I had a sports podcast. I did one entire episode. That was in January. Yeah, so I don't know if that's coming back. But basically, I'm always trying to do new things, try new ideas. 
we are a very um, like there's websites that are well known. Um, we're we're a good unknown secret. We are, um, you know, like the best kept secret. I forget there was like a, a site that's like we're very popular and very well known. Well, we're neither, but you're there. So thank you for being there. Pass it on. We'd love to let you. Uh, we'd love to let you. We'd love you to tell people that hey, they're not as shitty as you think they might be. You know, do you like things that aren't that bad? We'll check out fans not experts. Thank you guys for listening. I'm rambling. Um, that salad that I had was quite heavy, so I need to go uh, do some push-ups, do some calisthenics right now. So again, thank you for listening. And until next week, until, oh, wait, I'm going to say this really quick too. It, it, I haven't signed the contract yet, but there's been a handshake deal. I'm going to be appearing on another podcast uh, that originates from Canada. So I don't know what the, exactly the podcast exchange rate is, but um, there'll be more information on that soon. If you've ever heard of the podcast, the Pop Culture Retrofit Podcast, uh, check it out. The two hosts on there I've been fans of for years, and um, I may be uh, working out a deal to make an appearance on a future episode. That's all I can say right now. Nothing's official, official, but, um, you know, my people and their people have been uh, meeting with other people, and those people have talked to some people, and the people think uh, it might be happening. But until then, I got nothing. But until next week. Beware the Demogorgon. I'm going to drink some seltzer. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.